2: Hey, you're listening to the August 16th, 2017 College Football Show, a of His Radio podcast. I'm Kyle Pollock on Twitter at Kyle FF. And joining me is my co-host, Jordan Hoover, at J Hoover 9787 Jordan, how are you doing tonight? I'm good,
1: Kyle. Um, got some good news today. We, we've been getting pretty much a steady stream of bad news lately, but I got some small good news today that one of my favorite bands from high school slash college is coming out with a new record soon, brand new. So anyone out there listening who used to like emo, maybe still likes emo, today is the day that we can celebrate that. Um, They're putting out their record on vinyl and it costs $45, so I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but uh, something to look forward to and uh, today we're going to be getting into the Big 12 and we're about 10 days, 10 or 11 days away from uh, opening kickoff, so pretty excited.
2: Yeah, I know we've been saying this for a while, that we're right around the corner, but really, you know, next week we'll be getting, we'll be previewing games, so pretty exciting time for us. Um, and then preseason started up for the NFL, too. Had the first batch of games last week. Um, week two starts this week, and um, since the season's quickly approaching, you can get ready for it with a Rotovis NFL pass. Uh, you can get it right now for 30% off. This discount is for podcast listeners only. It's available through the NFL podcast homepage, rotovis.com podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools, and it also supports the pod. Uh, also, you can support the pod by subscribing to and rating the Rotoviz Radio channel on iTunes. Do that, and you'll be eligible to compete against some Rotoviz podcasters and writers in a $35 entry best ball league hosted by our friends at the FFPC. The winner of each league will receive a year-long Rotoviz pass on top of the cash prize. Go to iTunes, leave a review with your name in it, and then email us at RotovizRadio at gmail.com, and we'll get you in the league. Um, so before we get into the Big 12, we're just going to cover some quick news from the past week. Um, first up, we have Florida had a ton of susp- suspensions this week for a uh, credit card scam. Um, basically some fraudulent charges on student IDs by a bunch of, uh, high-profile players, uh, including Antonio Callaway, um, Malik Zaire, and starting safety Jamar Taylor. Um, they are all suspended for one game against, um... Against yeah, Michigan, oh excuse me, uh, Zaire wasn't suspended, but he wasn't. Uh, he was initially thought to be part of it, but um, he wasn't. But Callaway has been in trouble a bunch. Um, he's a pretty talented receiver, also a great punt and kick returner. So it's a little little concerning for um the future with him. Um, is he going to be able to stick around on the team? Um, Jim McElwain kind of said this is his last chance. If he doesn't prove it, he'll be off the team. Um. So that that's a little concerning for me. I'm not a big fan of Callaway, um, as a lot of people are. Uh, I know you're kind of on board with me with that, but might like him a little bit more. Um, overall, yeah. not a great look for Florida, though.
1: Yeah, his size is obviously not optimal. Uh, but like you said, he's he's a really, really talented return man, and, and we talk about it every week, how that can boost um, – uh, someone who has maybe suboptimal size, like Callaway, and, and push him to the next level. But this is definitely concerning. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully he he learns from this, um, stays clean for the rest of his time in Florida, and then makes it to the NFL. I I don't know if he's necessarily going to be a special player at the next level, but I think if everything stays the same and he doesn't. Uh, relapse and get into any other kind of trouble between now and the draft. Uh, you know, he definitely gets drafted, in my opinion. I think he would perform well at the combine, so we'll have to see. Hopefully,
2: he can keep it keep it on the straight and narrow. Yeah. Um, next up for the news uh, today on Sirius XM, Saquon Barkley, uh, our favorite running back in next year's draft, told um, the radio station that his well, Personal best testing numbers were as follows: a 4.29 40-yard dash, 38-inch vertical jump, 10-10 broad jump, a 455-pound bench press, and a 650-pound squat. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, get excited for him next year at the combine. We all, we knew he was an athletic freak. Obviously, those numbers might not totally be real realistic uh, hand time 40 times stuff of that nature, but. All in all, at two hundred thirty pounds, a back with that kind of athleticism, you know, get excited to watch him in the coming weeks. Uh, I'm sure everyone is. Um, and lastly, uh, Auburn announced their starting quarterback yesterday, Jared Stidham, kind of as expected. I really like Stidham. Excited to see what he can do for the Auburn Tigers this year. But John Franklin, who a lot of people probably know from Last Chance U, uh, announced that he's transferring today. Maybe down to what will be known as the new Last Chance U, uh, FAU has taken on four guys from the show Lane Kiffin's taken them on not sure if he'll be able to play this year or not that's that's yet to be seen Franklin's been used in a lot of ways as a quarterback, H-back, running back so it'll be interesting to see what Kiffin does with him because he's a great offensive mind I don't think Franklin really has a lot of uh, NFL potential but as a college player and as uh, on an FAU team that looks to be up and, up and coming, he, he could make some noise in the coming years is is that confirmed that he's going to FAU? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kiff, uh Kiff Yeah, Kiffin tweeted it out. Uh, I'm not sure if Kiffin tweeted it out, but I, I just checked Twitter a couple minutes ago before the show started, and it's confirmed.
1: Okay, it's hard to tell whether he's trying to. It's hard to tell whether he's trying to win games or get an angle at a, a show of his own. <laughs> There's a ton of talent down there, though. Now, I mean, those those are guys. It's no joke. So it'll be fun to watch, and we'll see. I'm mean, you gotta you gotta think that he he's probably second string quarterback right now at best but like you said he has some versatility so it'll be entertaining at the very least to watch Florida Florida Atlantic whenever you get a chance
2: yeah I love watching football as much as the next guy so and I'm sure a lot of these people do too so definitely tune into FAU because I'm not sure how good the defense will be this year but the offense will at least be intriguing and another division that's just like that is the big 12 not a lot of defense but a ton of offensive firepower. Um, first up, we have the defending champ, Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, Oklahoma returns quarterback Baker Mayfield, who's been one of the top quarterbacks in college football over the past couple of years. Uh, he was in a little bit of trouble this off season with the with the law, um, re- was resisting arrest, uh, but not not a huge concern for me. He's he's a college kid, that kind of thing happens. But last year, he threw for nearly four thousand yards, completed seventy one percent of his passes. Uh, 40 touchdowns to just 8 interceptions. And he's also done that the past two years, basically. I mean, he's been very productive for his whole time there. Decent runner, uh, a little smaller, and only one, but he has 220 pounds. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll end up being a great NFL quarterback, more of a college guy. Plays similar to Johnny Manziel in a lot of ways, a little bit bigger. I don't mind Mayfield. I'd like to kind of see him develop in more of a pro-style offense instead of um, Oklahoma's air raid style. I know we've we've discussed this in the past couple weeks, but for some reason the offense really just does not seem to have any pro-style concepts for a guy like Mayfield. Um, So that's a concern for me, but he's been extremely productive. So if he keeps up that production, I definitely think he deserves a shot at the NFL level. Definitely think he'll get drafted, and with that kind of production over a four-year stretch, I'm sure Roto is to love him, so.
1: Yeah, he is. He is a lot going for him when you look at the career numbers in twenty six games, almost seventy at seventy percent completion, over seventy six hundred passing yards, and a mind numbing seventy six to fifteen touchdown interception ratio. So he he you know he throws, he has a ton of volume, but he's also pretty careful with the football. But like you said, he he does scramble a lot, and we've seen that that doesn't necessarily translate to the next level very well. So. You know, ideally, he would play more controlled in the pocket this year. Um, Lincoln Riley taking over at head coach. The offense is pretty much going to stay the same because he was the offensive coordinator last year. But it would be nice to see him develop a little bit more in the pro style, like you said, to be able to translate. But the production um, and just his just his ability on the field is impressive.
2: Yeah. Um, one other concern with Mayfield is his age. He's going to be a redshirt senior. I don't have his uh, age pulled up right now, but I'd assume he's on the older side. Um, yeah,
1: he's he turns 23 in April. So before the draft, he'll turn 23.
2: Right. So yeah. we've, we've looked at it before. You want a younger quarterback, um, ideally, if you're going to take him in the first round. Guys like Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Matt Stafford, Jameis Winston, Pat Mahomes, all 21 years old, all went in the first round. But a couple other marks I like to see a quarterback hit. And I know a lot of other guys over at Rotoviz do. Completion percentage over 60%. He checks that box. Uh, AYA over 9.2, he checks that box. And rushing yards greater than 150, and he also checks that box. So, uh, And that, that's in his final season. I'm assuming he'll hit that since he's hit it in almost every other season. So as long as he can hit that, I think um, definitely has an NFL future. Um, Oklahoma lost a lot in terms of their running backs. Uh, obviously, Samaji P. Ryan their all-time leading rusher, and arguably the more talented of the two, Joe Mixon, went higher in the draft. Um, Both of them are gone, so tough to replace them. Um, Rodney Anderson and Abdul Adams are kind of expected to split time, while freshman Trey Sermon is also um, expected to get into the mix. Uh, I don't mind Anderson before he got hurt. Uh, I really liked him a lot. I put him in a couple of heavy drafts this offseason, but he hasn't really played yet at all. Adam got some run last year as a true freshman. Um, not a huge fan of him, but overall, this, this running back core isn't the most exciting for me. Um, if, if Sermon kind of pops, I haven't watched him on tape or anything, really got, dug much into him, but if he pops, he, he could end up getting the majority of the carries. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about Sermon. Uh, like you said, Anderson
1: will probably get the first crack at carries as long as he's upright and healthy. But I think he just started taking contact this week, if if I'm not mistaken. So that's still a little bit up in the air, and I think there might be room for Sermon to kind of carve out a role. Um, and you know, he has decent size; he's six foot two, fifteen. I, I I'd like to see him get a chance to see what he can do. Probably not take over the backfield necessarily this year, but moving into next year, I think he's set up pretty nicely the way that depth chart shakes out. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, the Sooners also lost. Arguably, their top two receivers, D.D. Westbrook is gone. Geno Lewis also graduated. He only had 388 yards. He was their number two receiver. But Joe Mixon also was their second leading receiver, so he's both gone. Tight end, H-back, wide receiver, whatever you want to call him. Mark Andrews will probably end up being Baker Mayfield's top target. The rest of the receivers, I I don't really like at all. Jeffrey Mead's expected to take over as the top guy. But Andrews is really the the receiver I want to watch. Um, He's had 14 touchdowns, 7 each in each of the past two years uh, as a tight end. Averaged 15.8 yards per catch last year, 16.7 as a redshirt freshman. He's an exciting prospect. Um, If he can put up a little bit of a bigger market share this year, I think he could end up being the top tight end in this year's class. And he's an athletic guy, so depending how he tests, that could also boost his stock a lot for me too. Uh, he, he doesn't block really at all. He functions primarily as a receiver, so I know that'll be a concern for a lot of NFL teams, but if you're looking for a guy in that Jordan Reed-type role, doesn't really block at all, um, basically a, a move tight end, joker tight end, whatever you want to call it, Andrews is your guy in this year's class. But he's also bigger than a lot bigger than your typical move tight end like Reed. He's 6'5", 254 pounds. So Andrews really offers a lot, and that's pretty exciting for me for this t- year's tight end class
1: yeah over 10 yards per target last year which is really good for a tight end and like you said he's he does play that that move tight end role but he's bigger than you would assume for someone playing that role so I, I think he's neck and neck with Kasicki, uh from Penn State for the tight end one for 2018 and like you said with A lot of the receiving production gone now, Andrews has a great chance to step in and and take a larger, you know, even a larger role than he has in the past two seasons, so I would expect uh, Mayfield to look for him quite often as they break in some new guys uh, at wide receiver. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, So staying in the state of state, uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys are up next. I actually think they might be the top team in the Big 12 this year just because of how much Oklahoma lost from last year. Obviously, Mayfield's a great quarterback, but I don't know if he'll be able to really carry the team, uh, basically have the whole team on his back. Um, Oklahoma State returns a ton, uh, starting off with quarterback Mason Rudolph. four thousand Over 4,000 yards last year, 28 touchdowns, so just four interceptions, 63% completion percentage, 6'5", 230 pounds, your prototypical size for a pocket passer. Um, I, I like Mayfield a good amount he's improved in each of his seasons as a starting quarterback. Uh, I don't think he's a special player per se, but he could be someone that goes in the second, third round of next year's draft and maybe hangs around as a career backup, low end starter someone like that, but I don't think he's really going to be a difference maker at the next level um, albeit if he puts up big numbers again this year maybe he'll sneak into the first round I, I, I think that'll be a little tough. I know some people like him a lot, but I'm, I'm not as high I'm as high on him as others are i think that i kind
1: of agree with you but i also think that mason rudolph is the kind of guy that some nfl team might reach on Mm -hmm. um you know like you said i don't know if he necessarily goes in you know he probably is not going in the top you know 20 and overall but he might some team might try and trade up you know it's hard to predict what happens that far ahead but if if he performs well again this year, he's the kind of guy that has the frame. He's just the kind of guy that NFL teams I think want or want to be successful even if they might not be successful. So I could potentially see some really quarterback hungry team possibly reaching for him, bumping him up maybe a little bit higher than he should be. But I think he's I think he's pretty solid in the top six for this class. Would you I mean, does he fall there in that range? Yeah, for you? I
2: think I probably have him in about that six to eight range right now. It's a pretty deep quarterback class, I'd say, um, depending who yeah. comes out. But kind of not – it's a little – it's deep, but it's also top-heavy, if, if that makes any sense. Like guys like Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, I feel like they're kind of a tier ahead right now just based on what they've done. I, I like guys like Brandon Wimbush and Jared Stidham a lot too. They're kind of in that next tier for me. Um, so I have Rudolph eighth right now behind guys like – you know Wimbush and Stidham, who haven't done it yet, but I think they'll explode this year. You know Lamar Jackson. I think Jackson offers just a little bit more than Rudolph. Um, a guy, Daniel Jones, at, from Duke, kind of underrated. Think he he's kind of a similar player to Rudolph with a little more scrambling ability. So I mean, all those guys, um, kind of in the same tier to me. After probably Darnold and Rosen, you can make the case for any of them uh, as the third best quarterback in this class in my mind. Um, I'd I'd put Josh Allen there right now. But a lot of guys could rise up to that spot. Would you kind of agree with that, or?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, there's there's definitely a ton of talent, and I do know what you mean. How it's top heavy and deep at the same time. I, Rudolph just seems to me like someone that the NFL might really like, but we'll have to see. You know, if he if he produces the way he has been doing this year, I think that's definitely
2: right. A possibility. Like that's a great point. Like you said, it takes one team to you know, take him at the back end of the first round so they, they could get that extra year on the deal, have that extra year development with them. So that, that's a great point. Um, and I know he's been going in a lot of mock draft first rounds. So, um, net uh, In the backfield return this year is Justice Hill. Hill was a true freshman last year, ran for 1,100 yards and six touchdowns, um, had 206 of the team's 491 carries. Chris Carson is gone. Uh, he, he was kind of expected to be their starting running back going into last year but Hill kind of played his way into that role. Um, and Carson's been impressing in the Seahawks camp, so I, I think if, if Hill can beat him out as a true freshman, I think there's a lot of room for him to improve. He's only, he's only 185 pounds, um, so a little bit smaller, but he's really a, a really fast guy, electric guy with the ball in his hands. Um, he, he's been able to carry the load, had 25 carries against Texas. He's probably one of the better defenses that he faced in the Big 12 and ran for 135 yards in that game. Uh, against TCU, he averaged 9.6 yards per carry in route to rushing for 154 yards, and against Colorado, he had 100 yards and one touchdown, and Colorado li- had one of the best defenses in the country last year. So as a true freshman for him to put up those kind of numbers, I'm excited about what Hill can do in the coming years. Uh, I've taken him in a couple Debbie drafts, too. He's a guy I'm, I like and think it's a little underrated right now. Um, you get You like him, or...
1: I do. Uh, like you said, he is a little bit undersized for what we typically think of as being a workhorse running back. But he went over 200 carries last year, like you said, as a true freshman, over 1,100 yards, uh, and pretty much wrestled away that backfield from Chris Carson, who was the entrenched guy. Um, he only had five cat. He was only targeted six times, caught five. I'll be interested to see if they get him a little bit more involved in the passing game just to kind of add another dimension, because I think he can probably be that guy if given the opportunity. But he's intriguing, for sure. Um, really productive at a young age. And yeah, he's he's in this, um, you know, Oklahoma State's offense is going to be pretty amazing uh, on paper, at least. So he should have no problem repeating a similar type of season uh, in 2017.
2: Yeah, um, that offense is really going to be boosted by the receiver groups, who a lot of people are saying is, is maybe the best in the country. It's led by James Washington, who, again, arguably the the best returning receiver in the country. Last year had 1,300 yards on 71 catches uh, for 19.4 yards per reception, and he also had 10 touchdowns. Um, He's a great deep threat, and again, a sophomore, similar production, close to 1,100 yards, 20.5 yards per reception, 10 touchdowns again. Um, I think Washington is one of the best receivers in the country. I don't have him as the top guy in this year's class. I have him at six. Again, similar to the quarterback class. I think it's kind of seven guys who could be the top receiver. Like a, a Top heavy, but deep class again, um, so to speak. But I really like Washington. I, I think he'll probably blow up the combine, have another great uh, year in terms of res- numbers. Um, one thing that is a little concerning, not concerning, but Oklahoma State plays in a wide open offense so compared to a lot of guys, um, Washington doesn't put up as big of market share numbers. He only had, only had 33% of their receiving yards last year and 34% of their touchdowns. So that's like a .33 dominated rating, which is solid. But for someone that's uh, s- supposed to be like a top receiver in the class, I'd like to see just a little bit higher. So if he moves that up to about 36, 37 this year, tests really well, I think Washington could be the top guy next year for me.
1: Yeah, you hit on it. He's um, only six foot, so a little bit, kind of in that middle range as far as size is concerned. But he is two oh five, so he's not slight by any means. Um, he turns twenty two in April, so he's a bit advanced in the age category. Uh, obviously, he came back for a senior year, so that has a lot to do with it. Turned down the NFL, you know, easily a top two, top two round pick last year. If he comes out, I would say, and as long as he stays healthy, he'll still get there this year. But that's one more year on his um, on his body, essentially not being in the NFL, which is a little bit worrisome. But he was really impressive last year; great downfield threat. And this is kind of cliche, but it's sort of like he plays bigger than six feet. Um, you know, that's something I try to stay away from. You know, leaning on those kind of those kind of sayings. But when you watch him play. Feels like that's the case, and like you said, I think he will test well at the combine as well. So, he's in my top five. um I think I have him at four for 2018. So, I just think this duo, uh, Rudolph and Washington, is just going to be dynamic all year long, just torturing you know, Big 12 secondaries all year. So, I'm pretty excited yeah, to see it. And
2: the, the guys behind him are not any slouches either uh, Chris Lacey and Marcel Atman are two guys that are expected to kind of compete for the second role this year. Atman was hurt last year, but uh, one of those bigger, little slider receivers, 6'5", mid-200s. Lacy, same thing, 6'3", 205. Um, both those guys are pretty fast, should should work really well in that downfield offense. And one other guy that I really like a lot is uh, Tyron Johnson. He transferred in from LSU after his freshman season, and he, he's been lighting up practice supposedly. Uh, he was a five star recruit coming into LSU, and Oklahoma State almost never gets a five star player, almost never gets a player of his caliber. And you look what they've done with receivers like like James Washington, like Des Bryant. Um, so, a player of that cal- caliber coming into this system is someone I'm really excited to watch with his speed, his leaping ability. He produced for LSU his freshman year against um, SEC defenses, so if he can do it against SEC defenses, I'm sure he'll be great against Big 12 defenses. He's a guy that I really think could blow up this year for them.
1: Yeah, just news flash to everyone listening, watch Oklahoma State games so you can see this mm-hmm. offense. It's going to be nuts.
2: It's going to um, be nuts. Moving down south a little bit, a team that's getting a lot of hype this year with a new head coach coming in is Texas. Texas has a quarterback competition on their hand right now between Shane Bouchelle, who was uh, the starter for most of last year. He impressed me a lot against Notre Dame in that first game of the season, um, which was a pretty great game. But after that, he was kind of showed that he was a freshman for the rest of the year, hit and miss. Um, 21 inter- 21 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. So, is like I said, play was up and down, and it seems like that's carried over to this off season. Um, he'll be competing with Sam Ellinger for the starting job, who is a four-star recruit this year, enrolled early at Texas, uh, the number four dual-threat quarterback in the country, 6'2", six, uh, six two, 215 pounds. Kind of fits that, that role of what you would expect a Tom Herman quarterback to be like um, from his stints at Ohio State and at Houston. Um, obviously, he inherited Greg Ward, but Ellinger fits that play style, big arm, can scramble, and from what it sounds like... Uh, it's pretty even, but he's been saying that Elinger's been playing, outplaying uh, Buschel by a lot, and that Bouchel kind of needs to earn back that role. So even if Bouchelle starts the year, I, I think that Elinger will probably end up taking over by midseason. Yeah, that's that's going to be an
1: interesting thing to watch because um, Buschel, he he was good last year, uh, considering he was a true freshman. You know, 21, 21 touchdowns to eleven interceptions, over sixty percent completion percentage. It's not bad for someone that young, but when there's an, you know, an influx of talent, there's always going to be competition. And like you said, with Tom Herman new coming in, probably, you know, not necessarily wants to start over, but wants to put his own stamp on the team. So if he sees that Michelle isn't the guy that, you know, will run his offense uh, best, you know. We could see we could see a swap there, so that'll be something interesting to see. Um, the running game looks pretty uh, looks pretty promising, though. How do you feel about Chris
2: Warren, the big guy? I'm not a huge Chris Warren fan. I actually like Kyle Porter a lot more than him. Um, I know Warren's Warren's huge. He's six three, two hundred fifty pounds. Um, ran for three hundred sixty six yards last year before getting hurt. Was out for the rest of the year. He was really productive in those games he played. Um, had two hundred yard games and had a 95-yard game against uh, UTEP, so not great. But I don't really like Warren that much, though. don't think he moves that great. I think a guy like Porter might be better suited for this offense. He's a little smaller, a little shiftier. He he looks to be a better receiver, albeit he only had two receptions last year, was a true freshman. So I think as he kind of... uh, we're, they're both coming in excuse sorry about that excuse me um, they're both coming into Herman's offense so I have to learn a new offense kind of a clean slate for both of them Porter's younger like I said shiftier a little more explosive he he was benched for a while after he fumbled a kickoff last year didn't get a ton of work I, I like Porter a lot and from what it sounds like I think he's basically gonna split time with uh, Warren but I'll be interested to see what Warren does he, he he got a lot of hype after a big Thanksgiving game two years ago and after he got hurt Deontay Foreman kind of took over that role ran for over 2,000 yards last year so um it should be it should be a deep backfield I think they'll run the ball a lot to kind of offset what might be a, a weak quarterback uh quarterback play do, do you like Warren a lot
1: um not not really I'm kind of on the same side as you I don't think he's overly athletic uh, his size is is you know it can be good and it can be bad. It doesn't really do you much good if you run in the four sevens. You know what I mean. I don't know exactly what he would be timed at, but I don't think he's overly athletic. I actually like Tennille Carter a good bit as well. Um, another true freshman or a true freshman coming in. He was twenty four seven sports RB ten in the class of twenty seventeen. He's a former Georgia commit, and I'm pretty sure that Chris Warren actually suffered a concussion last week. I don't know what the status is on that, but. That could even open the door even more for uh, Porter and possibly Carter to sort of wedge their way into that role. But I think that we have two, at least two guys at the wide receiver position that we're pretty excited about. Uh, we didn't talk about it before the show, but I have a feeling we're probably going to be on two of the same
2: guys. Yeah, here. I'm a big, big Devin Duvernay fan. Um, transferred from Baylor and was able to play right away last year. Um, he's six foot, 205 pounds, similar to a guy like James Washington. Um, had a similar season in terms of efficiency to what Washington had when he was younger. Um, 20 catches for 412 yards, so it's 20.6 yards per reception, and three touchdowns last year. I think in Tom Herman's style of an offense, he's going to be a great fit with a guy like Elinger, maybe starting, who has a big arm, potentially a little more accurate than Bouchell. He could thrive this year and really blow up and kind of be the guy for them um, he'll help take the top off of defenses which hopefully will open up that RPO game for guys like Elinger, Porter, Warren and Carter so I, re- I really really like Duvernay a lot Yeah I am
1: I did Colin Johnson mm-hmm. as well um, he's sort of he seems like profiles as the perfect complement to Duvernay when you when you look at the two side by side Colin Johnson 66 212 which is a really interesting size profile um last year he caught 20 passes 315 yards three touchdowns um i think that you know he's he's definitely one to watch for 2019 it'll be interesting to see how if his frame shifts at all i don't think necessarily he's going to you know eat his way into a tight end role or anything like that but he is a big dude already and he's young um but they form one of the best young wide receiver tandems um in the country in my opinion so it'll so it's it's important what happens at the quarterback position for that you know for those for that reason at least so This is, uh, you know, that's a group that's going to be worth watching this year and next year, moving into 2019.
2: Yeah, I think behind Oklahoma State, they might have the second-best receiving group in the Big 12. Um, You can make an argument. TCU's up there, too. But I think those two young guys, if they really develop this year, that'll be a big boost for Texas, that maybe they can finally live up to all that hype that has been brought on Texas since basically Vince Young left. Absolutely. Um, So coming up next, we're going to talk about TCU and the rest of the Big 12, and we'll get to that after the break. And we're back. Let's get started on TCU. TCU has uh, a good amount of talent coming back. Um, I'm not totally sure what to expect out of this team. Um, Gary Patterson always brings a great defense, but the offense has been kind of lacking in the past couple of years since Trayvon Boykin left. The, the run game is really what is the strong point for TCU. Um, Kyle Hicks returns as their lead running back, rushed for a little over a thousand yards last year and 12 touchdowns on uh, 203 carries. Um, Kenny Hill might return as the starting quarterback. I'm not sure if he'll end up starting. He started most of last year, but him and Foster Sawyer, Sawyer, excuse me, are in a competition for the starting quarterback job. However, the, the quarterback I like the most on the roster is incoming freshman Sean Robinson. He's actually my second-ranked quarterback for this year's, uh, like, incoming freshman class. Um, and I'm really excited to see what he can do. I don't think he'll start this year, but he might get some work later in the year. He's 6'2", 215 pounds, number six dual threat in the country, big guy with a big arm, a lot of athleticism. He played at the highest level of Texas uh, football, so he, he comes from, you know, he's not playing against any horrible competition or anything like that, and he really tore it up i think robinson's probably the best quarterback on the roster and if anyone's going to be able to turn this team back into a big 12 title contender at the quarterback position i think he's the guy so i'm really excited to see what he can do i don't know if you have any thoughts on him but he's my top guy um
1: yeah no that's that's really good stuff um i was just thinking about kenny hill and how just up and down his career has been and inconsistent so you know I think anyone with, with upside and potential who could maybe bring some stability to the offense would be good because I just don't know at this point how we can trust Hill. Um, and I want to add on a little bit to Hicks. Um, he's He was really impressive to me last year. Like you said, he just went over 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns, but he also caught 40, 47. Uh, rec- he had 47 receptions over 400 yards, uh, which, is, which is really impressive for a running back. And I don't have an age on him. Um, I scour pretty. I scour the internet pretty hard to find ages on these dudes, but I could not find one for him, so I don't know. But he's impressive to me, and I think he could be a sneaky guy to watch for 2018. Um, he's not getting a ton of buzz, I don't think, around the community. But depending on how he produces this year and how he runs at the combine, assuming he gets an invite. Um, He's one that I'm watching particularly closely. Um, and I know that we've got a incoming freshman wide receiver that you probably want to hit on. Yeah, I'm a big uh, Jalen kind of... Rieger
2: fan. Um, he's a little smaller, only 5'11", I believe. But he's a tremendous, tremendous athlete. I think he could potentially take over as their top uh, receiver this year. Um, he ran a four four one forty yard dash, so he's got great speed. 38-inch vertical jump, plays up to that 38-inch vertical jump. I know, like you said before, it's cliche, but he plays bigger than his size. Um, ESPN had him as the number six receiver in the country. I'm a huge Rieger guy. I think he's one of the top receivers in this class. Could break out similar to a guy like Nikhil Harry did last year uh, on a team that doesn't have a ton of great receiving options. I mean, Taj Williams is back as probably their top guy junior college transfer last year, but only 700 yards. He was their leading receiver. Um, John Dyers back again, played for LSU, transferred there 400 yards last year. Kyle Hicks running back 400 yards last year. So, I mean, if Rieger can come in right away, and from what it sounds like, he's been living up to all that hype, I think he can take, take over as that top guy for them. And if he does that, I'm really excited to see what he can do.
1: Yeah, I think this offense just in general has kind of sneaky upside uh TCU for a long time you know we've known them for their offensive output the only the only thing that I'm really worried about is the quarterback position but it seems like the pieces are kind of in place they bring back 10 starters from last year which is a ton so um yeah so I mean I like Hicks uh, I'm, I'm with you on Rieger uh, I'm excited to see what he can do coming in he's already you know he's getting ton of buzz from coaches during practices talking about how he should see playing time almost immediately so he You know, that goes right along with what you were saying.
2: He should be able to wedge his
1: way into the rotation pretty
2: Mm -hmm. quickly. And one other guy that might not get uh, as much time this year because of uh, Kyle Hicks that I really like a lot is Sewu Olonua. Uh, Not sure if I'm totally saying that right, but he was uh, an athlete coming out of high school. They weren't weren't sure if he was going to play running back or literally anywhere on defense. He could have played linebacker. They were thinking about lining him up at the end safety he could have played anywhere um they put him at running back didn't play a ton last year um had just 15 carries had 122 yards and a touchdown so over eight yards per carry also had two receptions in his limited playing time so he, he's a... yeah i'm yeah i'm gonna go with that good. on that but i agree with you yeah, that sounds <laughs> better.
1: it's only because i had time i had a couple beats to kind of practice it in my head but uh i i'm i'm there with you i just wanted to add in real quick he is dealing with a knee injury which has kind of limited his availability in camp but he's i'm with you he's super talented really athletic and depending on the situation with his knee we could we could see him at at points this year kind of spell hicks maybe even take some work away yeah i think after hicks
2: leaves i think he could end up turning into one of the best backs in the big 12 so excited for that backfield um Behind TCU is West Virginia. West Virginia returns a decent amount from last year's team, uh, mainly quarterback Will Greer and running back Justin Crawford. Greer is uh, someone similar to what I was saying before—a guy in that Mason Rudolph range of quarterbacks next year. Um, he he was really productive at flo- he was really productive at Florida when he was there. Was suspended um, and ended up transferring from there. Um, he, he's Kind of a he's a coach's son who knows basically every system um, from shotgun spread to pro style kind of grew up playing playing football um, he's 6'2 204 pounds um, at Florida when he started two years ago completed 66% of his passes 10 touchdowns so just three interceptions and 1200 yards um, they were 6-0 to start the year when he played and the season kind of went off the rails for Florida after that, so I think Greer is pretty underrated guy. I like what he brings to the table in terms of just awareness, accuracy. Doesn't have a big arm, but um, the accuracy, the awareness, and even the scrambling ability. He's he's a pretty good runner too. Um, I really like what Greer does, and I think he's going to give the offense a big boost, um, big upgrade over Skylar Howard, in my opinion, for them. Yeah, he should put up monster
1: numbers in this system. Um, I I don't see any, you know, any talent really at the wide receiver position that necessarily catches my eye, but in this Dana Holgerson offense, Greer should should destroy. Um, and I did just want to mention Justin Crawford, running back, uh, their senior running back. He's six foot two oh two, went over eleven hundred yards last year on 163 carries, uh splitting time with Russell Shell. So now that Shell is gone. Crawford should be the main guy in the backfield, and West Virginia's offense is pretty high-powered generally, so I think there'll be an opportunity for Crawford to be pretty productive. Uh, Don't know if he necessarily will stick at the next level, but he should get uh, the majority of the touches out of the backfield for West Virginia. Yeah, I really
2: like Crawford, actually. Um, He's my number 14 running back for next year, Um, really shifty guy, tested well, was extremely productive at the junior college level, and was the top junior college back last year, so... Um, I'm excited to see what he can do, kind of getting the, the full, full workload for them. And the only receiver I had to mention for them was uh, David Sills. He's a junior college transfer. Um, you, you might have heard of him before as the quarterback who committed to USC as a 13-year-old. He's now moved over to wide receiver. Um, he's a good athlete, and he, he's expected to be a starting wide receiver for West Virginia this year. And he, he impressed a lot in the spring game and has been impressing at camp. So, just a guy to remember. Don't really know if he has much of an NFL future, but might be the top receiver for them this year. That is yeah, quite a from, journey. From 13-year-old starting USC a quarterback to West Virginia wide receiver. <laughs> they thought he was the next Sam Darnold, and now he's halfway across the country.
1: <laughs> now yeah. he's the next
2: Kevin White, right? <laughs> uh well, oh man, moving back across the country. Um, we got the Kansas State Wildcats. Kansas State, one of those teams that consistently produces um, as a team when Bill Snyder's their coach, um, doesn't offer a ton in terms of NFL future. Um, Jesse Ertz is an intriguing quarterback. Um, passed for seventeen hundred yards last year. Also ran for a thousand yards. However, threw just nine touchdowns. And threw four interceptions as well, while only completing 57% of his passes. It's obviously a run-heavy offense, so uh, not a lot going on with receivers. One guy I would like to mention is Carlos Strickland. He transferred in from Cal, was a four-star receiver a couple years ago. Kind of a big-bodied guy, over 6'5", 205, 210 pounds, around that range. So he's a guy who I think could actually bring a little life into that offense, but... Not not a ton of talent uh, that I see on the Wildcats roster in terms of NFL upside. Yeah, I agree.
1: they're 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 kind of that weird team where they're really good, you know, they're almost always a nine win team. but when you look at the roster, there's not really much to get that excited about. They really are just a good college football team. Um, and and I agree with you on Strickland. Um, you know, last year the their leading receiver, Byron Pringle, had eighty three targets. Um, they're leading, uh, the guy leading in receptions, Dominic Heath had, uh, 45 catches. So this is a low volume passing offense. Like you said, I don't know how much opportunity Strickland's going to get. So it, the fit is kind of strange, but you know, he might just be that guy who gets so heavily targeted cause he's the only guy. So that's definitely a good one to keep an eye on. Uh,
2: Strickland's definitely a guy to keep an eye on in 2017. Yeah. Um, next up in the big 12, uh, we have Iowa state. I think Iowa State's kind of been a team on the rise um, since they hired Tulio's coach last year, Matt Campbell. I like what he's doing with the program. They they did manage a couple of years ago to get uh, Alan Lazard, who is a huge in-state recruit, and he, he's been their top player basically the past couple of years. He's 6'5", 222 pounds, so big receiver, has improved each of the three years he's been there, from six hundred about 600 yards his freshman year, 800 yards his sophomore year, to just over 1,000 yards last year. Um, he's kind of the heart and soul of this team. They only had three wins this year. I think they're going to be much improved this year. And Lazard finished the year pretty strong. Three straight games of over 100 yards. Uh, albeit against Kansas and Texas Tech. But West Virginia also had a decent defense. Um, he's, a, he's a guy that can function as a deep threat or a possession receiver. I think he offers versatility that the NFL will like. But since he plays on a subpar team and might not put up Huge stats. Um, Also, not sure if he'll test uh, super well. I'm not sure how high he'll end up going in this year's draft. But Lazard is a guy that I like enough. He's my number 11 receiver in this year's class. And I think if he kind of improves on his numbers, kind of a 33-ish dominator rating last year, if he moves that up, I think he could go a little bit higher. Maybe probably fourth, fifth round, I'd say, is where he's likely to go right now.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good call. Uh, Lazard's the guy on this team for me too. His size is interesting, like you said, he's a big guy. Um, Thirty-three point three-three Dominator rating last year, which isn't terrible. Um, but on this team, uh, like you said, Iowa State probably is trending upwards. Um, but on this team, you would expect him probably to be a little bit more dominant. Um, but he, you know, he has the build that it takes to, to go to the next level and be dominant. He'll be 22 in December, so he's a little bit older of a prospect. Uh, so I'd like to see him be a little bit more dominant this year. Um, but he's definitely a guy who will who will be drafted. Like you said, it'll probably depend heavily on how he tests. Um, but he's he's kind of the guy. To, he's he's the go-to guy in that offense. So um, he's he's definitely One he's definitely a prospect out worth out monitoring. Is-
2: Mike Warren, their running back, um, as a true freshman, he ran for over 1,300 yards. But last year, for some reason, uh, didn't get as much work, only ran for about 600 yards. As a true freshman, he was tremendous, um, had multiple 100-yard games, ran for 245 yards against Toledo, um, also put up 195 yards against Kansas State, was a productive receiver as well, um, had 12 12 catches as a freshman, 14 last year. his workload is puzzling, so I'm, I'm not sure why that happened last year, but if he kind of gets back um, to being the lead back instead of splitting time with David Montgomery, I think he's someone that maybe could uh, latch onto an NFL roster as like a late round guy or an undrafted free agent. I'm not sure how he'll test as an athlete, but his production as a true freshman um, had, had me pretty intrigued. So. And I gotta, I gotta say really quick. Uh,
1: I hope that Jacob Park starts. Not necessarily because I'm excited for him as an NFL prospect, but because he rocks the Danny DeVito haircut. I don't know if you've seen yes. his uh, his shot. If you go on, yeah. If if anyone out there doesn't know doesn't know what we're talking about, go to Iowa State's website, look up Jacob Park, and look up his uh, his his photo. It, 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 it sounds will sounds instantly sounds make your day better. Something. I promise. Um.
2: <laughs> uh, next up in the Big 12, we're going to get down to Baylor, uh, a team that kind of has been after looking like they were going to be a team that stuck around at the top of uh, the national title contention talks for the a couple years ago, and now they're kind of trending pretty far downward, um, have lost a lot, fired their coach. Um, Matt Rule comes in from Temple to try to kind of save the program, had a dismal recruiting class before we got there, just one commit, I believe going into uh, mid December. So we kind of managed to put that class together pretty quickly. A team that doesn't have a ton of talent right now. I know uh, they've been known for putting up their receivers the past few years. Uh, Two guys that might be able to kind of fill that void Uh, that Ishmael Zamora left um, are, and Katie Cannon, excuse me, are Chris Platt and Blake Lynch. They were the kind of number three and four guys behind those two guys last year. Platt had. 567 yards, four touchdowns, averaged just over 16 yards per reception. Um, he, he's been, been around for a while. He was productive for them a couple years ago as well. I um, believe he filled in a quarterback in the Texas game two years ago. I'm not totally sure if that was him. might have been a different receiver. But um, 5'11", 170 pounds kind of fits that mold of a small, fast, bailer receiver who just kind of runs deep, not necessarily every time, but... Um, Gets deep and tries to get as many yards as possible. That was seen in the Oklahoma State game. Had three catches for 114 yards. And Blake Lynch was uh, a pretty highly touted recruit. He was a four-star. 6'3", 210 pounds. uh, As a true freshman last year, had 400 yards. Three touchdowns. Also had 12 rushing attempts for 80 yards. So that's a little intriguing with his rushing ability. Um, Two guys that will probably... Uh, carry a workload pretty heavily for Baylor's passing offense this year. I would assume Baylor is going to rely a lot on their running game. They have a pretty deep backfield. Uh, I don't know if you you like any of those guys in the backfield more than any of the other one, other ones, but yeah,
1: Terrence Williams is a bit intriguing. Uh, size six one two twenty. Took a lot of the took a lot of the work away from Shock Linwood last year. Uh, Went over 1,000 yards, 11 touchdowns on 185 carries. Um, Like you said, I think with Matt Rule coming in, uh, they're still going to throw the ball, but I think that this offense will be a little bit more balanced, and I think that's probably where the strength of this offense lies right now at this point. Um, But Baylor – so, I mean, Williams Williams is interesting – he could be a guy that might stick at the next level assuming he comes out uh this year it'll again it's kind of a broken record but it'll probably be a lot on how he tests because he's not going to be super highly touted i don't think um but he could get a large workload uh in this super you know it's it's a year of transition um uh, the definition of transition at Baylor right now it really could go either way it, they brought in Matt Rule to try and right the ship with his sort of you know tough guy demeanor trying to keep things in line Baylor's just going to be a team that I'm interested in watching this year just to see where it goes because it feels like it kind of feels like they're teetering on the edge a little bit and um, there's definitely talent like you said at the wide receiver core I like Williams as a running back but this you know any little thing that goes wrong it could go very 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 wrong and then we could be you know looking at, at the end of the season kind of wondering you know, how did it go this wrong? So it's a team I'll be interested in watching mm-hmm. uh, for yeah, some really of the guys you, you mentioned them with Williams the, new that coach coming
2: in Williams and That's a defensive-minded guy in an offensive-minded league. Um, down the road from them, we have Texas Tech. Um, right. Obviously, Texas Tech lost Patrick Mahomes, so I won't be able to stay up late and watch him, which was a joy to do last year. A um, couple guys they do have, uh, Nick, Nick Schmanek, is uh, going to step in at quarterback. He played a bit last year when Mahomes got banged up, looked okay, Um, against Kansas had 271 yards, completed 71% of his passes, Um, against Stephen F. Austin in mop-up time had 150 yards, so 6'3", 225 pounds, similar build to Mahomes in that regard. Um, Behind that offensive line, hopefully he can stay healthy, I'm not sure um, really what he brings to the table in terms of running ability, I would assume. He's going to need it behind that line if he wants to scramble and stay alive. Um, Behind him is Jet Duffy at quarterback. Duffy was an Elite 11 quarterback a couple years ago. Uh, Probably won't start at all, but uh, he's a senior this year, Shamanic, so maybe down the road uh, Duffy could start. Other than that, not a ton of guys I like. Um, Justin Stockton had a nice year in 2015, but averaged only 2.9 yards per carry last year. Did have uh 20 receptions 21 receptions though um and the only other guy i really like on there is Derek willies he's a junior college transfer last year you may have heard of him uh he had a 61 inch i believe box jump with a 15 pound weighted vest on him so another guy very good athlete um kind of fits my profile of guys i like 6'4 210 great athlete didn't really do a ton last year with uh top receiver jonathan giles transferring uh i'm hoping that willies can get a little more work this year for them but if he doesn't doesn't really do anything for them he basically has no nfl future so
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and he he's also older he turns 23 uh in october which is kind of a red flag at that point he would be you know 23 and a half by the time the draft rolled around but not you know it doesn't take a doesn't absolutely disqualify him but uh Kind of an interesting journey, too, from Iowa to Trinity Valley Community College, now to Texas Tech. Goes to this Cliff Kingsbury offense. It's, they're going to throw the ball a ton. They're going to be really bad on defense. Um, kind of the same old story, it seems like, for the Red Raiders. Uh, if you like air raid offense, watch Texas Tech. If you like yes. any semblance of defense, if avoid the like weight of the football
2: avoid. I'd probably avoid Kansas this year, but they do have one guy I'd like to mention. Um, Daylon Charlotte transferred in from Alabama, <laughs> uh, which was a huge get for them. He was a four-star uh, four-star recruit just two years ago, came in with Calvin Ridley. Um, I like what he brings. I think he could kind of improve their offense a lot. Kansas can only go up. Um, and with a team that's so subpar and has almost no semblance of a running game, I think um, Charlotte could have a huge market share of targets, yards, touchdowns this year. So... I'm interested to see what he can do. Not sure if I'll tune in to watch him, but he's just a guy to remember for them.
1: Yeah, and another wide receiver, again, not necessarily for NFL purposes, but Steven Sims Jr. He's smaller. He's 5'10", 176. He actually put up a .37 dominator rating last year for them, which is pretty impressive. Uh, it's Kansas, so, you know, the offense isn't really that great, but uh, he actually... He actually accounted for 44 percent of their receiving touchdowns. Uh, small guy, but just another guy to watch. Kind of maybe as a uh, as a compliment to Charlotte. Um, so yeah, it's kind of tough to kind of mm-hmm. tough to pull anything together and, for Kansas. Uh, before but, we get going, since uh, Big I Twelve only has
2: ten teams. Uh, we're just going to cover a couple non Power Five guys that we like a lot. Um, I know you had mentioned a couple of guys. If you want to kind of get going with them. Yeah, sure. Uh, We're going
1: to run through these kind of quick because we're coming up on an hour here. But uh, since we didn't get a chance to go through the uh, group of five schools, we wanted to just highlight some of these guys that we think will be factors for dynasty drafts next year. First, I had Richie James, wide receiver from Middle Middle Tennessee, Uh, extremely productive in 26 career games. He, He has 212 receptions. 2,959 receiving yards and 20 touchdowns. He's a smaller guy. He's listed at five nine one eighty, uh, but he had a .35 dominator rating last year. He turns 22 in September, so he's a little bit on the older side, but he's the only player since 2000 to record 1,500 receiving yards and 300 rushing yards in a single season. Uh, quarterback, quarterback Brett Stock still returns, so there's no reason why James shouldn't be ultra-productive again this year. Um, Another wide receiver I wanted to touch on real quick, he's actually my wide receiver one for 2018, is Cortland Sutton, SMU wide receiver. He's 6'4", 218, uh, 76 receptions, over 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns last year, 0.42 dominator rating, which is impressive. He has that prototypical outside wide receiver NFL build. He turns 22 in October. He turned down the NFL last year. Uh, I I was actually pretty high on him. I was hoping that he was going to declare last year, uh, but no doubt he will be uh, declaring. A, you know, void of some you know catastrophe. So he's definitely a guy I'm really excited to see. Uh, it's close at the top of the wide receiver group, I think, but he's my wide receiver one right now. Another wide receiver to keep an eye on is Michael Gallup, senior from Colorado State, six one two oh five. He had a 0. .44 dominator rating last year, which is among the best in the country. Um, 14 touchdowns, over 1,200 yards. He's only six foot one, but he's he's built uh, solid, solid build uh, and another guy to keep an eye on. And just real quickly, quarterback that obviously is getting a lot of hype um, around the community is Josh Allen from Wyoming, 6'5", 233. Again, that prototypical size. Uh, scouts love his arm strength. Uh, he's actually a decent athlete. Uh, He turns 21 in November, so he's still on the young side. He only completed 56% of his throws last year and also had 15 interceptions to 28 touchdowns. He's being talked about as pretty much a consensus top five quarterback for 2018. And while I don't disagree that he belongs in that conversation, I think that we need to see improvement from him this year. Uh, He's playing at Wyoming, so it's one of those things where the level of competition is a little bit lower but his the talent that he's throwing to is also a little bit lower so it's kind of hard to judge but uh you mentioned the 60 percent completion percentage earlier uh i think that he needs to get to that level um but he's a guy yeah. that the community um, really likes you and i think guys he definitely like belongs like. in that conversation um
2: i he he was actually i did a college fantasy league he was my Second pickup ever, I believe, and I've been on him ever since his first game against Baylor. I really love him. He's my number two receiver for this year's class. And Richie James, too. He's my number seven guy. Uh, I think he's kind of compares to uh, almost like a smaller Brandon Cooks. Um, So he's a guy I really like. Um, Two more guys I just want to mention quick. Uh, Anthony Miller from Memphis. Uh, He kind of came out of nowhere last year, had over 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. 36% of the team's uh, receiving yards, 41% of their touchdowns. Uh, He's 5'11", 195, but he's a really physical guy, and he also uh, is great in jump ball situations. Um, I think he's a great athlete, has good production. He is a little older since he's a redshirt senior, but I'd compare him to a guy like Emmanuel Sanders right now, Um, someone I think that could surprise this year and end up being one of the better receivers in this year's class. And lastly, the guy, uh, another guy I want to mention is actually a tight end, um, Dallas Godare. He plays for the South Dakota State Jackrabbits, so a D two guy, but he was extremely productive last year, um, led the team re- uh, receptions with 92, also had o- uh, close to 1,300 yards receiving, um, 11 touchdowns, so about a .33 dominator rating for him which for a tight end is just amazing. He's a tremendous athlete, got great size, someone who I think could end up uh, being potentially a second- or third-round pick, similar to a guy like Adam uh, Shaheen, was this year for the Bears. And his teammate, uh, Jake, Jake Weinke, I believe you say it, uh, is another guy I like. Um, 1,300 yards last year, 16 touchdowns, 17 yards per, per reception. Just two guys to keep in mind, who I think will most likely be drafted this year. Um... I don't have a ton of buzz, obviously, because they're from a D2 school, but Godair is my number two tight end right now behind Mike Gesicki, and uh, Winky is my number 14 wide receiver, um, kind of in a similar range to a guy like Jawan Jennings. Um, so those are two guys that I like a lot, um, and I'm excited to actually watch some South Dakota State football this year if, I, if they're ever on TV, so... Mm-hmm. You might have to dive deep into the um, ESPN so package for that, for this but uh, of I, I the you, football show. That. Next week, we'll actually be previewing some games, so it, it's a very exciting time for us to uh, finally get some actual football, some live action. Um, so for Jordan Hoover, he's on Twitter at jhoover9787, and I'm Kyle Pollock uh, at kylepollockff. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and hope to hear from me next week. Be good to each other out there. Thank you for listening to the College Football Show, a Rotoviz Radio podcast. Our executive producer is Matthew Freeman. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovizradio@gmail.com at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.
0: Decoy by Duckhorn. Elevate your occasion. You shouldn't go to Barnes & Noble and buy 10,000 books just so you can build a book fortress and yell out, I am your book leader. You shouldn't buy 147 copies of War and Peace, stuff them inside turkeys, and serve them at Thanksgiving as Terbukens. And you definitely shouldn't buy up all the copies of Dork Diaries, causing the neighborhood kids to stage a protest in your front yard. But you could. Because at the Barnes & Noble Book Hall, you can get over a 1,000 titles for 50% off. Stock up at your local Barnes & Noble. Terbukens are fictitious and should not be cooked at home. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.